0: We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Riggert. It's a pleasure to have you along. Let's talk some JMU basketball, both on the women and the men's side, with Shane Metlin, the JMU basketball beat writer for the Daily News Record. Hi, Shane. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. It's been uh, lots of traveling lately, so I, I'm glad to be home this week with the men as they finally get a couple of home games, then they're back on the road for four consecutive. It's been a, a rough stretch for them, but before we talk about the men, let's talk about the women and what they did this past week, and you got to see that firsthand at the Atlantic Union Bank Center, but um, a disappointing loss to Georgia Southern Thursday, but they faced some adversity finally, and they came back and, and played a really good Troy team and found a way to get a victory. That was a, I, I thought that was a great test for them and, and a good— Good show of what this team really is made of after bouncing back from, from Thursday's loss.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Thursday's loss, I think, was disappointing, as you said, but, you know, Georgia Southern is not a terrible team, and you probably kind of had to expect a loss was coming at some point in conference play. Um, just, you know, by the time you win 13 in a row, at some point, sometimes the breaks are not going to go your way. You're going you're to drop one, a close one somewhere along the way. And, you know, it happened to be against Georgia Southern on Thursday. Um, although they were they were extremely disappointed about getting out rebounded the way they did um, I think that probably ended up being a pretty good test pretty good timing for them just because some similar styles with the way uh, Georgia Southern and Troy play with the focus on rebounding similar size similar like to get up and down the court so you know yeah maybe it wasn't the end of the world so drop that one at the time that they did because they did turn around and play played pretty well against Troy and you know, beat the team that I think is probably probably their top competition yeah. for finishing first in the conference, I would say. What they struggle with, again, you mentioned rebound.
0: They got clobbered on the glass. I mean, 53 to, to uh, 37, they gave up 21 offensive rebounds. They, they had 16 themselves, which was good, but um, obviously way, way too many second-chance points allowed. Was that the biggest difference in that Georgia Southern loss?
1: I think so. And, you know, it was kind of both games, both Georgia Southern and Troy um, are teams that they let it fly, um, you know, in transition. They shoot a lot of threes. They just let it go. And, you know, some of it, I think, against Georgia Southern especially, was there were a lot of long rebounds. This wasn't necessarily a case of, you know, your bigs not getting positioned. Right. But sometimes it was them beating you to loose balls, winning the 50-50 balls, things like that, which, you know, is another thing that, you know, Sean O'Regan's not going to like very much, but it. I think that probably that probably has a little bit to do with why those teams' rebounding numbers are the way they are. But then they bounced back against Troy and they out-rebounded the top rebounding team in the country. Um, so it was obviously a message that they took to heart in the in the two days in between.
0: Okay, we're talking with Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record. He's a JMU basketball re- beat writer. We're talking some JMU women's basketball right now as they sit atop the Sun Belt. At 701, and again, they are 17-3 and overall this season, so still playing well despite the loss. And again, sometimes a loss can be good. And it did seem like this team learned a lot from that game and, and, and wanted to turn around and, and show that against Troy.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe that's like the best thing you can say about the, yeah. the JMU women right now. Is, you know, they started the season with a loss that I think they would call a disappointing loss. And, you know, it was sort of like, oh, here we go again in a lot of ways, the way they started the season after last year, but they responded to that one much differently than last year's team did. And then similar thing this weekend where, yeah, they lost the game. They didn't do the things they needed to do, but then they show massive improvement in those areas. Just a couple days later, they, they seem to be a team that takes the lessons that come from losing. And, you know, that's kind of all you can ask for for a team. Not very many teams are ever going to go 40 and 0 in college <laughs> basketball. <laughs> you know, So to be sixteen and three, you gotta feel pretty good about it if you're taking things from the losses.
0: You know, I I thought one one area that I really thought, just looking at the box score and kind of following the game, is they really shared the ball. Twenty-one assists against Troy. So against a good team, you've got to share the ball and move it side to side. They did. Caroline Germont had 10. In the game, and she's playing exceptionally well right now. They don't; she's not scoring the ball. It doesn't Doesn't matter. She's assisting. She's stealing. She's playing good defense. She's really kind of setting the tone for this team. But they they really shared the ball on Saturday against Troy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talked about Caroline just sharing sharing the ball with ten assists. But the thing that kind of jumped out to me, you mentioned, you know, she's getting steals and uh, playing really good defense, doing a lot of little things. But, you know, they ended up calling a foul on her Saturday against Troy. In a in a key situation at the end of the game, but it was, in my opinion, not a very good call. And if they hadn't called that, it would have been the third game in a row where, with about a minute to go, he just came up with a steal in the backcourt when they just needed to get a stop and turned it into a bucket. And it should have been the third game in a row for that. She's just like really playing really well, even if you, even if she's not putting up a ton of points. Yeah. I mean, which is I think is what was expected of her coming in.
0: Yeah, she's she she's been really really good. They've got a point guard that can dish the basketball, play good defense, and that's kind of what she was advertised as. And you're right, you're, that's kind of what they expected. Um, one kid that that had a tremendous week was was Peyton McDaniel, six for eleven in both games from beyond the arc. So she finished twelve of twenty two from three, averaged twenty seven points in the two basketball games with twenty six against Southern and twenty eight against Troy. Um, I think she's kind of found her rhythm, hasn't she?
1: Yeah, and you know there'll probably be it'll probably be. Ups and downs for her shooting the ball. I mean, I don't think she'll shoot over 50% from three here on out. But, I mean, if she's a 40% three-point shooter, which I think is certainly possible, then then that turns JMU into a really good team. When you add that to the mix. Um, you know, Kobe King-Huea came off the bench and had, I think, nine. Um, mm-hmm. She's kind of getting in her rhythm now, and they just have a lot of weapons. You know, you talk about Caroline Jermon not scoring. Part of that's because, you know, she hit the three early and it's kind of like, well, she's done her job because now they have to pay attention to her, too. (laughs) And, you know, how are you going to guard everybody on on the floor when they've got those many weapons?
0: You mentioned Kobe king Hawaii more minutes on Saturday. Do you feel like she's getting healthier now and that we'll see more minutes out of her moving forward?
1: I think so. And, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think they're still figuring out a little bit how, how, how to use her. Uh, you know, I didn't ask Sean this after the game, I was kind of save it for this, the midweek press conference, but I feel like it's a different kind of situation for them right now. Cause in the past, he's had his go-to player, you know, whether it be a Kamaya Smalls or now Kiki Jefferson. And he's had these times during games where it's like, okay, can I take her out for two minutes in this quarter, get her rest and hope we survive that stretch. Now he's putting people into the game where, like, they're just as capable of taking mm. over a game for a little bit, and if she's really, she's kind of adds that to them, where she's coming off the bench right now, and but she can, you know, if she comes in for Kiki, say, you know, to finish out a quarter or for a little bit of rest, the defense doesn't really get to like relax at all with her on the court. Um, so, you know, I think it's, the more she gets healthy, the more she just kind of get them to a rhythm after not playing ball for quite a while. Yeah, I think, you know, they could, this team could get even better possibly as the season goes on. Well.
0: You think the rotation will kind of stay the same with Peyton coming off the bench and giving them the spark that she – I mean, she's playing starter minutes, but, but she's coming off the bench to give them a spark – um Claire's been coming off the bench here um Kobe's coming off the bench I mean they've got some starters coming off the bench that that says a lot about what the the rotation is right now but it kind of seems like they've found uh, I coaches talked a lot about this this year just you know it's been a hard year trying to figure out the rotation seems like they kind of have that right now do you think they'll stick with what with what it is
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised I mean you know maybe he eventually decides yeah when you're scoring 25 points a game or whatever you've been doing the last (laughs) couple weeks, like, yeah, you got to see the starting lineup, but like you said, in some ways, who's on the floor at the end of the game is much more important than who's on the floor at the start of the game, and you you know, the number of minutes you play probably matters a lot more than if you play the first minute of the game, and there are some players who, you know, there's some players who don't get warm right away if they come off the pitch. Right. It doesn't seem to be the case with Pace. You know, she can come in and her first shot is, you know, as pure as if she had started the game. She's been sitting for five minutes before she came in. Um, so, you know, I don't think you have to put her in the starting lineup. And I think she's fine with it. I think there are some kids who, you know, they feel better about themselves if right. they're, you know, going through that name, hearing their name announced, right. all that stuff started. <laughs> I mean, you you can kind of go either way with it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, some kids can't handle – they, they want to start. They want to be a starter, and, and they don't handle coming off the bench well, but it doesn't seem like this team has that, and, and that's a good sign moving forward as, again, they sit at 17-3 and three and 7-1 at and conference play. We're talking to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record – and the one thing that I like, too, is, is besides Caroline Germond, who's playing a ton of minutes, and, and, but she seems like she can handle it. She played 36 against Troy. No one else played more than 29. I mean, they're not asking them to go play 36, 37, 38 minutes from Kiki or Peyton or whoever it is. Um, I think that's an advantage they have this year, too, that they didn't a year ago.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you talk about uh, Caroline. You know, she looks that strong at the end of the game. Like, <laughs> she can play 40, I hard. think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah, I kind of think like – I. I'm curious, like, how fast she could run a mile to so kind of like, endurance and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, but like you said, there were games last year where P.P. Jefferson, they had to get 35 minutes out of her, and she just looked completely exhausted by the end of the game. You know, she was hoping to get to the free throw line just to get a little break a lot of times. And, yeah, they're definitely they're staying fresher. They're finishing games stronger, and I think that's all part of it.
0: Okay, we're talking with Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record, talking some JMU Hoops. Let's switch gears and, and talk. Well, I guess before I do that, again, with the schedule, they had, they had a chance to set themselves up in pretty good shape, and they've done that. Now they play four in a row on the road. I guess we'll find out a little bit more about this team with four straight away from home.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. Um, but they played some good teams. they played the teams that are, you know, really challenging. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in this uh, league, I mean, I think, you know, already getting a win at Southern Miss is uh, – is big on the on the road so um yeah i mean hitting, hitting the road is always tougher but i think they're i think they're in good shape
0: I, yeah, I do too especially wins over southern miss and troy those are the two teams behind them so essentially they've got a two-game lead for uh yeah, for first place those
1: are the only meetings that's uh yeah regular season too so that I means to have those it really sets them up to uh have a, have a good shot at getting a number
0: one piece perfect. Yeah, they're, they're in great shape, no doubt about that. Again, got to take care of business. They go to Coastal on Thursday and Georgia State coming up on Saturday. The men, again, and I, I've been with them the entire way, and they were on the road this past week at Troy Southern Miss, an OT win as they rallied to defeat Troy. Vido got the shot at the buzzer, essentially, to, to win it on Thursday. They rallied from 15 down. They played a good – Southern Miss is really good. That's a good team, and they were, they were flying high on Saturday. But this team is just – they just can't stay consistent. They are up and down and all over the place and I guess that's why they're four and four in league play.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see how they play at home this yeah. week. Uh, a couple of, you know, solid teams coming in. Um, but in this league you've gotta win your games at home and you know, they'll play they should be playing in, you know, a little bit more lively crowd behind them than they've had some of their more recent home games, useful back. Um uh, for good Saturday for the game, I think. You know, you probably expect that against this weekend for the men, but you know, you you look at where they are four and four in the league, and to me, you know, if you take a look at the schedule when conference play was about to start, and you say, okay, they go one and two in their road games to Troy, South Alabama, and Southern Miss, that sounds about right to me. Right. So losing the two home games. Yes at State, Texas State at home that really kind of put them in the hole. I mean, if they take care of business at home, they're one of those six and two teams tied for first right now too. And with a win at Marshall, and you're talking about them in the same way you're talking about on Marshall or Louisiana or something. But they didn't take care of business at home, so I'm really curious to see if they can do it this week against they are not going to be easy, but I think they should be able to win those if they play something close to their best. Yeah,
0: no question. Yeah, th- th- those two home losses are, are perplexing. Um, again, they lose to South Alabama, 63-62. Two one-point losses. Uh, one one play here or there, and you're right, they're 6-2 and two right now and, and not 4-4 four and four, And we think of this team a lot different. But, you know, v- Terrence Edwards had a, had a good week. Um, but other than that, they just – I guess Noah was, was fairly consistent, except he got ejected from the game on, on Thursday. He played pretty well on Saturday. but just the, the, We've talked about this. It's just so inconsistent right now. Votto has 25 and back-to-back games, then doesn't make a shot. He makes two free throws. That's it, in the game on Saturday. They can't survive with just the inconsistent play that they continue to get.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they can survive to a certain degree if it's just – Avado or Miller, or one somebody guy, yeah. rely on hits and threes. And, but they're really, really good when they're both hitting threes, which we've seen here recently. But we've also seen how bad they can be when they're both off on a given night. And, you know, some of that's, I guess, luck on just, you know, how it happens to happen um, on any given night. But, yeah, they're not particularly consistent, and they haven't quite figured out what to do if they're not shooting a three all that well. Um, you know I mean, they are getting some 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 different look I mean, late in the game at um at Troy when they needed a basket, they went you know they put the ball in mezzi's hands mm-hmm. and he makes a huge play to send us to overtime um so they are you know doing some different things they're they're they've got different guys who are able to kind of you know not take over but like be the guy in, in clutch minutes, but they still just haven't quite put it all together yet.
0: The one thing that's concerning me right now is just kind of the rotation because we talked about how deep this team was, and we're talking to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record. And you know, I, I think the loss of Alonzo Sule these last and three of the last four games, the last two this weekend. Hopefully, he's back this week, but, the, but that's no guarantee. Without him out there, yeah, have to rely on, on Amadi a lot. His numbers are down this year. He's he's struggling on the offensive side with some of the size in this league, and then you don't really have a backup big. You've got to play Julian Wooden or Mezzi at the five. Um, and, and this the second group right now is really struggling. Terrell Strickland and Tyree Iannaccio, right now they're – They're almost non-factors offensively. They're just not getting much done on the offensive end. They're turning the ball over a little bit too much for the minutes they're playing right now. Um, Julian's been up and down. Terrence has been good because he's been coming off the bench. But that second group at times has really struggled and kind of dug them a hole. That's a little concerning with me with Sule out right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, they really could have used Sule Saturday, especially of DeAndre Quincy went Went crazy on them. I think what he makes like his first eight or nine <laughs> yes. shots, and like, you know had twenty eight points. And I think you know that was a guy who was definitely feeling it. But I think you throw Alonzo out there to kind of bang with him, and, you know, just frustrate him a little bit more. Like you probably slow him down, and it maybe makes a little bit of a difference in that game. So they miss him, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there's you know there's pros and cons. They're settling into. A little bit more of a rotation, like you know, you know the guys that are going to get twenty-five minutes a game at this point. But yeah, like you said, they're not quite getting the production off the bench. Terrell Strickland not healthy, Uh, you know that that hurts Um, because I think he's a guy who, when he's healthy, when he can move, when he can run, he's going to do things that spark you defensively, even if he's not, you know, a great. Prolific. He'll, uh, he'll make story. winning
0: plays, right? I mean, if he's healthy, he'll yeah. make winning plays.
1: Yeah, um, you, know, you know, Tyrese just seems to have not quite gotten into a rhythm. I don't know exactly what what the story is there, but yeah. And I, I'm also a little surprised. You know, you talk about them not having kind of the depth underneath with when Alonzo's out because yeah, you end up trying to play Julian Wooden, who's not who's tall, but he's not a banger against. You know, a power forward who's just, you know, out physically you underneath the basket. That didn't work on Saturday. Um, he, he talked before the season started about, you know, thinking he might need to get minutes from a Jarrell Roberson right. freshman big at times situations like this. And he didn't, he hasn't gone to him really since early this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's still some things to figure out this, this late in the season, which is somewhat concerning, but also. I mean, I think that's what happens when you haven't even had any practices, really, with your with your full roster.
0: It, it's still you can still go back to every game now, and they still have not had all 13 scholarship players available. There's a cha- there was a chance a couple games the last few weeks that they would have all 13 scholarship guys available, and they still have not this year. It, whether sickness or injury or whatever it is, it's still. And I know coach keeps saying this that, that it's still a little bit of a work in progress with their rotation and guys getting injured and trying to figure out. How it all works together. So hopefully they can do that. But this is a monster week. I, in, in my opinion, this is the this is almost the season. Two home games. You got to win these two. They get four straight on the road before they get the four at home. But before you get to those four at home again, there's, this is a, a really tough stretch. It's been. There'll be seven of ten away from home after the four games on the road the next couple of weeks. But I think that these are almost must wins for them this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you like you say. I mean, to to do well in the Sun Belt you've got to win the vast majority of your home games and steal some on the road. And if you do that, you're going to be in pretty solid shape in the standings. But, you know, they've already dropped a couple at home they shouldn't have. they really got to get these this weekend. And It's not going to be particularly easy. It seems like ULM playing much better. They're surprising everybody. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, they were yeah. four and nine in non-conference play, and now they're five and three with three road wins so far this year. So we'll, we'll see what yeah. happens with that. But Coastal's playing well. I mean, these are the the one thing that I I think the I think one through thirteen can beat anybody in this league.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, and even we saw
0: I, Arkansas State take Marshall overtime. So I guess you couldn't include everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's a deep, it's balanced league. Um, it's been surprising, kind of seeing who stepped up and who's played well. So far, but uh, I think it, it, that makes it entertaining, I guess
0: it does. Yeah. No question about that. It's uh it's been, a, it's been fun going, seeing these new places, these new teams. It's a good league. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's way better than the CA. Just from top to bottom, it's way better than the CA. So, again, they've got a couple of home games this week. Coastal on Thursday inside the Atlantic Union Bank Center at 7. Then they get ULM, who's, again, surprising everybody right now. They're 5-3 and three in league play so far. Shane, my man, thank you so much. Read more of his stuff online, dnronline.com slash sports, or pick up the paper as well. Thank you, Shane.
1: All right, thanks, Dave.